Hello and welcome to We're Listening, the podcast all about Frasier. I'm Will. I'm Kay. And this week we're looking at season one, episode 20, 40 something, in which Frasier wrestles with the beginnings of a midlife crisis. So Key, this week it's all about, as I've said, midlife crises, forgetting things and generally wandering into old age. I want to ask you, do you fear middle age? And more importantly... Do you forget things? Okay, so the first question, do I fear middle age? At the moment, no, I'm even in though my... you're, you're kind of quarter age. <laughs> That's a thing. I genuinely have a few mates, so I think are starting to go through a quarter life crisis who keep <laughs> telling me, oh, I'm 25 next year. I've not done this, this, and this. And I'm like, well, oh, no. we're in lockdown, so you're not going to do it right now, mate. Um, the fear is really setting in for them. But also, I genuinely, I'm not 100% convinced I'm at middle age because there's a part of me that thinks in 60 years, human life expectancy is going to be much, much longer than it is now. <laughs> And you're hoping your body's just going to naturally keep up. It doesn't yeah, matter not. that you were born before that started happening. No, that doesn't matter, mate. It's, it'll <laughs> advance. I'm going to get to 150. Like, so I don't really fear middle age. I, if you ask me in 10 to 15 years, I probably will. Okay. Um, but right now, no. But I am the sort of person, if I have a midlife crisis, I will go off the deep end. And be like, you are going to buy a on, kind of Mazda MX-5 in cherry red and ride it around <laughs> with a roof down. 100%. Yeah, I will go right <laughs> off the deep end. I will hit all the cliches. In terms of do I forget things, all, all the time, I'm one of those people who are like in the middle of a sentence, I'll just stop and go, I forgot what I was going to yeah, say. I think, and, I think we're all like that in some way. I'm, I'm, my short-term memory is useless. I'm, I'm, I've got a great memory. If, if I really want to remember something, sit down, memorise it, and then keep it in my head every so often, mm. I have a great memory. Yeah, like, I, th- I just think we've, we've talked on the podcast before, but our memories of like our shared childhood, of like things we watched at each other's houses, games we played, it's frightening how much we remember but then yeah when it comes to like remembering someone's name 10 seconds ago it's like yeah that hasn't just got lodged at all like when i watch an old tv show episode i can tell you the line as it's coming up even if i've not seen it in a couple of years oh yeah i'm I'm a big stickler for that with friends just because i don't know it's written more simply than frazier so you can kind of predict the lines in some ways but it can easily think oh, like, i thought if you tell me if you ask what did you have for dinner last night it will take me a good five or six minutes to work That's it weird, out you, weird you should say that because that was my go-to at undergrad to make friends, I would ask everyone, kind of jokingly, <laughs> outside the lecture hall, I'd be like, oh, what you for tea last night? And people love to answer that question. You know, it really reveals a lot about them. And honestly, it became like a running gag and people would see me and they'd be like, oh, Will, are you going to ask me? And I'd be like, you know I am. <laughs> you know I'm going to ask. So you would have you would have fared badly if I'd have asked you that in a corridor. You wouldn't have made it to my roster of friends. <laughs> Genuinely, right? I've also got to the stage where I'm starting to forget my own age. I have to, <laughs> like, I have a big, long pause. Am I 20? 24. I have to work it out. I have to work out the year I was born and start just adding it up in my head quickly. (laughs) Since once I got to 18, I just stopped counting how old I am. um, That's a good way to be. Another really interesting point about forgetting stuff is that I read an article today, it was published yesterday in the Mm. Chicago Tribune um, by uh, Perry Gilpin, who obviously played well. And um, it's actually a really interesting article. Only it it mentions about memory, uh, which I'll, I'll come to in a second. But it's also, I think, really interesting. I, I think we generally tend to think of actors as very, very confident people. And generally, if you meet actors, they tend to be very outgoing. Definitely, it, yeah. It's a really, really interesting piece about sort of her nerves and, and self-esteem a little bit because she talks about uh, when they were doing the fifth season of Frasier, John Mahoney talked Jimmy Burroughs, the director, into mm. doing into doing a play called The Man Who Came to Dinner. 
Yeah. And uh, Perry really wanted a part in it. And so she asked John Mahoney. He said, um, you know, we, you'll get, you can audition, but I'll let you, I'll warn you, there's a couple of other great actresses auditioning. So the fact that you've worked with Jimmy before, you're not necessarily going to get an edge. That's interesting. Um, I, I like the fact that he wasn't kind of nepotistic about it in some ways. Yeah. But she actually didn't audition at all because oh. she didn't want Jimmy to say no to her. Wow. They'd worked together on three other projects and she's like, well, I really, I don't. <laughs> want him to say no so she yeah. just didn't audition and she really regretted it mm. um and so just after that after she went to watch them in the production she sort of said oh i really wish i'd, I'd gone for it now um, and as a result she got a, uh, a part in an off-broadway piece called um as bees in honey drown wow um, it's a great title i'm not familiar I, with that but I, I don't know it myself um mm. but apparently he describes it it's in front of me right now the article uh, as a delicious part and such a funny play and um she plays a character who's a con artist who just sort of goes off on these non sequiturs and it's quite difficult to remember because it's all over the place mm. um and she was forming and she saw the guy that she was eating in the audience along with all her friends and her mind when she saw them it just went blank oh, and she man. completely forgot her lines and because it was off broadway as well there was no one sort of standing there to give her a prompt so apparently That's she just terrifying. said said lion and there was <laughs> lion. a long long pause and, um and yeah so eventually got to the next line but, but yeah, i think terrifying man. so i have absolutely zero acting chops as we've talked about but that is still like a huge fear of mine like forgetting lines in kind of a, a public forum like that like as i've said before when i gave a best man speech forgetting things up there when i'm in front of like 80 people expecting me to be funny that was a huge i had a lot of stress anxiety dreams leading up to that when i was in a play like the two weeks before I play, I'd just get these dreams where I was on the stage with no idea what the script was. It's like, amazing what the brain can do when you're stressed. <laughs> no, I think it, it, one, I was delighted because it tied in so perfectly to this episode. It really um, does. I also think it's so interesting to see that a fantastic actress that just Perry Gilpin mm. still sort of feel this oh no, what if he says no? What if, you know, this person I've worked with numerous times thinks I'm no good? And this sort of imposter syndrome, I suppose. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I love those kinds of interviews where they reveal that human side to, to actors and actresses and, and the whole gamut of kind of the, the performing world because you, you do think they're like, oh, they're professionals they've been doing it for decades. They couldn't possibly ever get nervous before a scene or something and you know, it's just like, it really it brings you back down to earth a little bit when you can hear someone like Perry Gilpin say, oh yeah I forgot lines, I got nervous. Then you think yeah. well, if I'm getting nervous, you know, who else among the greats was also getting nervous before they did something? And it just kind of, I think helps ease it a little bit maybe. And uh, yeah, If any Frasier fans want to read this essay, it's on the Chicago Tribune website. It's free. There's no fire. There's no paywall that I can see. Always a good sign. Um, and yeah, I'm definitely going to read this. You'll have to send it to me. I'm it's insulted. You did not send it my way before now. <laughs> I did read it today. No, that's fair. That's fair. But it's interesting because she talks as well a bit about what it was like when they were filming Frasier in terms of you know remembering lines and how um, how Jimmy Burroughs would want them to do it and things like that. So. Mm. I would recommend it. I think it's a really interesting article, so I'd, I'd recommend Excellent. Well, that is a cracking way to set up this week's episode. But before we jump into the review, we've got to get cosy in Trivia Corner. Are you ready? I'm ready to tuck myself in. Excellent, because we've been sent in not just one set of questions this week from our uh, lovely fans over on Reddit, but we've been sending two. Um, so I'm going to read some of those out to you now. Uh, I'm going to start with Cal, who I mistakenly said was male last week. Cal is female, as she is very
very politely reminded me. Um, so I'm going to say on air, very sorry to have uh, got that wrong. But she's written some absolutely fantastic questions here. The last one in particular, just like the kind of question that I had to kind of stop and read a few times because it just sets up a really interesting talking point as well. But you'll see what I mean when we get to it. So question one, what colour was the photo album that features the photo of Martin's midlife crisis? Oh, God. Shows, Frasier. <laughs> the, uh, the whole Harley Davidson episode, which frankly Genu- would just rule. <laughs> Genuinely, I was busy writing down at this time leather jacket, Harley Davidson guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't, I've got no idea. Um, I'm just going to take a stab at a colour. Sorry, why do you think on that colour? I've just realised we actually have three people have sent in three questions. So we have, I have nine for you this week. <laughs> okay. so, so hopefully this first one doesn't kind of knock your confidence. <laughs> my, my confidence is knocked. Well, <laughs> it is knocked. Um, okay, so I am going to say, I'm just, I'm literally I'm just going through Richard of York, Gay Battling Bane. The first one is red. So to say red you're gonna say red i'm afraid it is green one of the primary oh. colors but uh on, is it one of the primary colors i don't know no, no it's not is your... it... Is it... Well, no is it i think it's, I feel in, like it's, it's like rpg tvs but then obviously you only get green by mixing blue and yellow so does that mean it's not a primary color I, i'm not a, a mixologist of colors well, there, so. or is, isn't it uh red orange yellow blue indigo is this the rainbow i'm trying to primary colors everything that's on the rainbow because i always thought primary colours think... was just three. I thought it was just red, blue, and something um, else. You could no, very, no. very well be right. I mean, I'm pretty sure indigo is not a, a primary <laughs> colour. <laughs> anyone knows what the primary right. colours are, please please put us out of our misery. Yeah, if okay. anyone has an education above <laughs> four-year-old, because yeah, if anyone went to kindergarten knows. or something, then they'll probably oh. be better than us. Okay, okay, question two. There is a sign that indicates a certain item of clothing is on sale in the store that Frasier, Martin, and Daphne visit. What is the item of clothing? Another one about signs in shops, just like last week. Um, I am just all, all I remember is I swear I feel I remember seeing some like cashmere jumpers or something like that. But I'm gonna say jumper. It jumper. is it is sweaters, but jumpers is perfectly acceptable. So well played, okay. Well deduced. Do you own a cashmere jumper? Oh, but they look so soft. They do look excellent, oh. don't they? They're a lot of money, but I think it's the kind of thing you buy, and you know you get what you pay for with those. When I get my midlife crisis. You are going to come swing by my house in your convertible in a cashmere jumper, and I'm going to just be like, hop in, let's roll. Okay, this is an excellent question now. So, uh, Cal has put, she's put, this next question is a bit different and it's really just based on something I noticed this episode. So, feel free not to use it as a trivia question, but I'm absolutely going to use it because it's great. So, here we go. In this episode, Bulldog overhears Carrie asking Frasier on a date and Frasier subsequently saying no. It would seem that Bulldog can hear the conversation from Rosie's booth despite the door being closed can you name an instance in, in this is in the coal of Fraser now in which people cannot hear one another from behind that behind that very same closed door can you remember any instance where people can't hear what's going on when the door is shut they can't hear each other they can't hear because bulldog can hear and the door is closed but there's a pretty major moment in another episode where someone closes the door and it becomes evident that you can't you can no longer hear what's going on it's a tough question and even if you don't get it i think there's no you know no loss there because it's hard but i just think it's so cool because i love these kind of little details so that there's 
thank you so much, Cal, for kind of bringing this up. We definitely must go. Don't worry, kid. There's no shame. <laughs> We're <not> ashamed. <laughs> God, I'm going to forgetting things. Literally, now my time. I move the next. Honestly, this, is, this is a really tough time. question. I don't um, beat yourself up on this one. At the top of my head, I can't think of one. All of a sudden, I'm, I'm, I'm sure if it's one of those where if you tell me, I'll go. Oh yeah. You definitely will. But it is again. Um, it's 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 hard to kind of to claw it from from nowhere. I think I'm going to need you to tell me. Okay, so I'm going to read what Cal has written for the answer because she's put my example there may well be others and if anyone knows of another please write in because i love to hear these kind of details so cal writes in the episode police story Roz tries to throw fraser a surprise party and hides several co-workers in her booth fraser comes in and begins complaining about very personal embarrassing details about his sex life Roz closes the door and then we see upset reactions on all of the co-workers faces likely because they can no longer hear how good is that yes that is such a ridiculously good observation that like i just didn't even cross my mind but then after reading that question because i got this a few days ago and then seeing bulldog come out of the booth and you know knock fraser on the forehead and stuff i was like oh my god you know it all it all makes sense <laughs> really it, they watched did they did, had they seen um the other episode of police story recently or or was that just honestly don't know how might just be an absolute wizard with fraser she's clearly got some great knowledge there and if she's if she knew that from reference and didn't even need to look it up that is just yeah we we bow down to those questions um so, this should be their podcast not that is true. we have no right to host no, they've, they've revoked our license itunes have uh, have got onto us but you got one out of three key but I'm, I'm gonna say that's a pretty decent innings for what were very tricky questions and i have been coaxing everyone to make them harder every week because of how good <laughs> you are um i'm gonna read you your next set three then you can do yours for me and then i'll read you the last set for you if that makes uh, if that makes sense so okay, yeah Next one is Mischief Knight. A little bit of a message from him. We'll save that for uh, listener mail at the end of episode, but he's back this week. Question one, how many times does Frasier attempt to play the song on the piano? And when he finally gives up, from what musical piece does Martin suggest Frasier try instead? Okay. A really good question again, actually. Really like this one. First one is going to, the first part of this is going to be a guess based on what I... I bet you're humming it in your head, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm literally just <laughs> trying to play this song. <laughs> Okay, it's it's definitely three or four. Okay. Um, I feel it was repeated quite a lot, so I'm gonna go. I mean, I think it's the higher. I think it's four. So it is four it's times. Four. Well yes. played. Yeah, that is a really good answer. Can Ooh. you tell me what Martin asks for him? Roll requests. I actually know this one. This isn't oh. even a guess. I'm pretty sure it, he asks for something from South Pacific. He does indeed. I am not um, familiar with anything from South Pacific. I'm assuming you might be. I'm not. However, uh, as we will get to when we get to the proper review, I recognise the celebrity caller. Okay. And I wanted to check, because I thought she'd done a part in something else, which I would recognise from. It turns out she wasn't. Oh, you're mixed up with something. Mm-hmm. When I was looking through her Wikipedia page, it turns out she did like a concert of South Pacific. Oh my god, that is such so, a good find. Yeah, she did, I assume, just like the songs from, from South Pacific, and then it, it called back what Martin said. So yeah, I wow, thought it was just a nice really little... kind of came full circle there. That's, that's okay. cracking. I look forward to that. Okay, question two. What is the name of the establishment from which Bulldog thinks he recognises Carrie? Oh, okay. Oh, some light bulbs going off here. I think I think I remember, that, like, he was on about, the, he was talking about 
the Indianapolis 500? Or he Indy was 500? indeed. It's the uh, Memorial Day classic. And I feel like... Oh, 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 yes, no, yeah. You got it. Say sloppy Nicks. Yeah, yes. Sloppy Nicks, man. Well applied. <laughs> Someone poured something down his underwear or something. Yeah, a tequila yeah. or something. Someone was doing body yeah. shots in, in Bulldogs fantasy, I think. Well played, it. It's a great shout. Okay, question three and the last question of Mischief Nights. At the end of the episode, Frasier punches a mannequin. What is the main colour of the sweater it is wearing? The main colour. Okay, so if we go back to Richard of York. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get out the uh, primary colour chart again. Spin the colour wheel. Oh, God. colour this week. Loving it. What a colour. Really oh, I feel everyone knows I'm not good at the visual stuff. <laughs> they've sensed okay. the weakness and they've gone in. It was, okay, it was definitely like a cool colour. Okay, it wasn't a cool. Yeah, it wasn't a heavy, it wasn't a dark colour. Okay. Um, it was light. It was definitely light. Okay. It's your was... paint palette telling you. <laughs> My paint palette. <laughs> well, I have no idea. I'm going to say a light blue. It is white. The main colour oh. is white. And I am trying to remember what the other stripes in it were. I have a feeling they're light green. But <laughs> I could be blue. wrong. But it's definitely the main white there. I'm afraid that is wrong, Key. But good good work. You got you got the other two. And I think getting the piano one in particular, really, really excellent. Do you want to fire your three at me now? Uh, yes. Okay. So, when they go to the department store, mm -hmm. um, what did that store used to be? Martin says, oh, this used <sighs> to be I remember, I remember, I remember the line. Okay, you don't have to tell me this, but does it begin with a P? Does begin with a P. Oh, and man. Honestly, I love the way you go, you don't have to give me a P. <laughs> you don't have to, you but you know, to. you will be fired from this non-profit <laughs> company that we formed. Um... <laughs> I feel like it could be this is just me thinking out loud not guessing I feel like it could be Pinksy or Pixie or Pickers or um, I'm going to say I'm, I'm going to say Pinksy well it is Pinsky yeah Pinsky so really Pinsky. Like, basically I'm, I'm you need to that. swap some of the letters around are you going yeah. to give me Pin I'm, what did I say Pinksy I said Pinksy and it's Pinsky I'm definitely giving it to you it was the Man, place where you, feeling charitable. Buy, where you could buy lingerie a bag of popcorn and transmission fluid That's all the in the same room I was going to ask you actually I haven't written questions I should say to listeners this week because of the great nine we've been sent but um, I was going to if I was going to ask you a question I think that was going to be one of them what were the three things you could formally buy at the department store but yeah a good example there of this episode of someone having a great memory and it not failing them Martin remembering yeah, the best does indeed okay so my second question mm -hmm. is Martin's test for age oh okay um okay, okay i think i know this the first one is can you go through the whole night without getting up to wee yes and i want to talk about this later whenever a bladder <laughs> comes up i've got some comments uh second question second test is can you sit in a piece of furniture without going ooh, or something like that yep, and then right. finally ah the third one escapes me man ah Oh, so the furniture. Oh, goodness me. I don't think I can remember the third one. You're going to have to tell me. I'll give you a clue. It's a type of... It mentions food. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Can you go to bed without eating a slice of pizza or something tw more than 12 hours before or 10 hours before? Uh, can you have a slice of pizza within 12 hours of going to bed? That's it. I'm assuming because of the acid reflux slash indigestion. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> graphic description there. but <laughs> well, That is I an excellent test, I think, for middle age. I just pictured you there. Like getting out like a little diagram and a clip chart. <laughs> As we can see here, I'm an esophagus. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great question, Kay. Okay, and the final question. Laid on, mate. What car does Bulldog allegedly drive? Oh. 
man. I don't even remember him saying anything about a car in this episode. Does he say it to like impress Carrie or something? He does, yeah. Oh man. Oh. I'm gonna. I, I have a feeling it might follow the classic American kind of nominal system where it's just the brand and then the year of the car or something like a, a Chevy yeah. '62 or. Um... He gives a year and a, a brand. Oh man. Oh, I don't know. I'm gonna. I'm gonna guess a, a '58 Impala or something. Uh, it is a 94 Camaro. Oh, 94 Camaro. I should have got that. I like the Camaros. They're a classic. <laughs> actually, I'm going to just quickly Google what a 94 Camaro looks like and see if it actually is a good looking car. Oh, yeah, it is. It is a midlife crisis car, basically. Yeah. It's um, it's like a less attractive Ferrari. <laughs> Presumably a lot cheaper as well. Oh, that's a nice car. <laughs> <laughs> it does look like something you kind of steal early on in Grand Theft Auto to get around. Um, <laughs> it doesn't look particularly lucrative. Okay, okay. So that wasn't a great a great well no i got i did okay i did i got two out of three if you're being generous so not yeah, you got bad. two out of three you did well you did better than me okay well well right you've still got three yet to completely bring oh, no. it home here we go question one from cam winston who's who also goes by his actual name which is hamish uh, he's from new zealand he was uh he kind of sent some questions in last week what is the age difference between fraser and carrie oh, okay i'm getting right I, mean, I think he's 22 and he's 41 so was that 19 years yes absolutely well, spot on well played one out of three i genuinely just got leant forward and did some quick math i could not <laughs> do that in my head you were uh, i can vouch for listeners that kieran was always excellent at math so throw, throwing him <laughs> maths question is probably not good in the future um the second question you're going to know because it's you've already mentioned it a million times so you don't have to say it now if you want to save it for the review but his question was who is the voice of rachel who calls into the show okay i will just um i might as well say it now okay. uh, we'll, we'll mention it again is is it I'm, I'm, in fact i could technically get this wrong because i'm not entirely sure of her last name i do not know how to pronounce it either i i, I called her rebba mckentry uh, um, yeah he, he hamish has spelt it mcintyre like McIntyre. Oh, okay. yeah, that's um, probably right. There, yeah. so it's probably like um, a funny spelling of McIntyre, but yeah, yeah. Reba, Reba McIntyre. Um, yeah, yeah for you, as well you say, right. you yeah. knew that. I, I, mean, you're I like, know her face um, yeah. more so than her name, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So you, yeah, you've got that two out of three. Let's see if you can bring it home. I feel like you might, and I've got, I've got actually. This is part of my bullet points for the for the review. What brand of shirt does Fraser buy at the department store? Is it not Armani? Yes, it is. Oh, Armani, Armani shirts look expensive. And yeah. We actually mentioned that last week i think briefly i can't remember when because hamish said that um he heard on one of the old podcasts that we mentioned it so he sent another question in which incidentally is about the mannequin about where he gets punched um can you remember where the mannequin gets punched it's a real sweet spot on honestly i think that's where you punch a mannequin he gets it bang on it's like sort of like the stomachy abdomen it absolutely area. is it's right in the midriff absolutely yeah. takes it out wins the mannequin so great questions from everyone there from mischief knight from hamish um and from from cal as well all absolutely excellent key you've been put through your paces but you've come out singing i think as usual let's jump into the review first things first title animation can you remember what the title animation was i think was it just lights coming on yes it was just yeah. the lights flickering on the sky like a classic we've still not really pushed the boat out yet in terms of kind of the creative animations they come up with i think that's a particularly iconic one i think if i had to pick one title animation of them all to summarize fraser it would be the lights coming on because i feel like it's the one i see the most 
Um, but yeah, always a good one. We start in KCL. Typical, we're going to start now. We're going to notice in this more and more. Rachel, as you've got some things to talk about, I thought she sounded a lot like Dolly Parton. And weirdly, I was listening to, there's a great podcast out at the moment. And I know nothing really about Dolly Parton. I've bet, I've, I've listened to like none of her music at all. And there's a really good podcast called Dolly Parton's America. And it's kind of like a, a bit like OJ made in America. It's, it's studying American culture through the lens of, you know, a big pop culture culture icon but i've really thought rachel sounded like dolly parton and she has this hilarious story about she's seeing someone who is a good man he's a kind man to quote her <laughs> and he keeps ashes on the on the the ashes of his former wife on the mantelpiece or something called the bedside cupboard in the bedroom and to quote fraser that is a definite yikes i mean i i that is a definite yikes to me although we should be sensitive about that kind of thing yeah I, i'm kind of with fraser here i would react like that if i was hearing it for the first time but then i like that he's a bit more sensitive about it. I will say, right, I gen this is one of the quotes from Fraser that I use on a regular basis is the phrase, that is a definite yikes. Weirdly, I do too, actually. I think about this line a lot. I don't just say yikes, oh, that's a definite yikes. That's a definite yikes. You've got to, <laughs> I, yeah, you've got to, you've got to say yikes. <laughs> yeah, and I always like pull, try and pull the face that Kelsey's <laughs> Everyone's staring at me like, what is he doing? <laughs> it, it, it's, a, oh, it's a bit weird. I, I, I think it, I'd be fine with it if it just wasn't in the bedroom, watching mm. me. And judging me. Yeah, <laughs> judging you. <laughs> Keeping a watchful eye over your future love conquests. <laughs> so, yeah, right. But yeah, I mean, is there anything that we, we've kind of touched on it loads already, but you, you know, is there anything you want to touch on about the celebrity caller that you haven't already mentioned? Yeah. Um, I, I, feel, I don't want to, I don't want to kind of lead you in here and make you repeat stuff you've already said. So it's entirely your call. I, just, I think it's actually really interesting that you say she reminds you of Dolly Parton because she's Rebbe. Are we pronouncing Rebbe or Rebbe? Uh, Rebbe, Rebbe, either. either or. Rebbe. I, I don't know her or the name so go go I mean I'm not on first name terms <laughs> I don't have her in a little black book <laughs> yeah but it's interesting you say that because understanding cover is I've seen her in mm. and much like a Nashville country singer and sort of like very heavily influenced by Dolly Parton oh um, okay so they are very much like bang on in that I think they're sort of the same area of America and, yeah big and, time maybe she's trying yeah. in, in some ways to kind of send up a little bit and put on the accent more for the for the show I mean she probably speaks like that anyway but you know I mean, when, when, when you're in this context maybe you amp the voice up a bit whenever I've seen her she, I do think she's got this very distinctive voice proper twang yeah, yeah. Um, so like as soon as I heard her voice I I wasn't 100% sure of the name straight away but I, I saw her face yeah yeah um, because she, she had her own show in America called I think let's oh, just say okay. Rebecca let's um, just say which Rebbe. I think she sort of played a fictional I'm not sure if it was a fictional version of herself uh, a bit like Seinfeld type vibe. They're a little bit like that, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've oh, never okay. seen it, but a show that I really like called uh, Better with You, which I think I might mention on the cast before. Uh, she makes a, a cameo in that where she plays like a wedding planner who ends up stealing uh, one of her client everything that her client wants for her wedding because she's decided that she's getting married on the same day. Wow. Yeah, um, you have mentioned that show before, actually. I completely forgot about it until now. What's, what's it called? Better with You. Yeah, which is a great like it's absolutely it's a nightmare trying to find it anywhere because. It, Really? Only for one season in America. I don't think it's ever got released on DVD, uh, and I don't think it's on any streaming services. I saw it on—is uh, it Five USA, something like that? Yeah, that yeah, it's a good channel over in the UK for catching yeah. like old American sitcoms. But I saw it on there years ago and like loved it. Um, yeah, it's really hard to get hold of, but she makes a very memorable, memorable cameo in that. I really like—I really like her in this as well. I think this is a really, really little funny, funny scene, and just the sound of it breaking. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mate, my, my door just blew open. 
open from the wind. I need to shove a bloody uh, slipper under it because the wind's come out of nowhere. Um, it's, been, it's been scaring the hell out of me every night. In the middle of the night, the door just creeps oh, open. It does it to me. It wakes me up instantly. It's so annoying. Back in back in KACL, Fraser forgets Roz's name here. We, we've talked about already. Memory loss is a big signifier of, of kind of a midlife crisis in, in the context of this episode. Good to see a human side. You know, those lapses really do happen. And I like the fact it happens on air. But Roz is like really annoyed with him. And she's like, Roz on the mic. But then as soon as he goes into a booth, she's like smiling. She's like, oh, forget about it. I already have. Like the, it, the transition from one to the other is like, insanely quick it's almost like they're they forgot like the, they, they they did the first scene took a break did the next scene and like they forgot about how Roz should kind of naturally flow into the next but that's not even the strangest thing about this scene the strangest thing is the revelation Frasier has a hairstylist Timo what on earth is Timo doing with that hair because <laughs> it's just like he's got a Beethoven kind of curly lock mullet type thing it does not look like it's been styled in the least were you not slightly surprised to hear he has a stylist. I was very surprised. I mean, <laughs> especially that in this episode, Niles takes the mick out of his hair by saying, you know, like it's Stanley Barrett that has a toupee, and you clearly don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so I love that line, and I'm gutted you've said it this early because oh, it was sorry. my pick for uh, you just got burned. <laughs> but it is an excellent line. I'll still I'll still mention it later. Um, but yeah, phenomenal line. Hair comes up twice, and as we say, Timo the stylist, Raz, as she says, is just gaslighting him. Gaslighting is a term that's kind of massive now. I would say in the last eight, five to ten years, it's become a huge part of particularly political discourse. I found the origins of this only about a year or two ago, and it's really interesting. You probably already knew. Are you familiar with where gaslighting comes from? From the play, Gaslight. Yeah, from exactly from it. And I've never heard of this play. And then when I read up the, the synopsis of it, it's really sinister and like ominous and just the whole idea of like just those slight little everyday changes to make someone think they're going mad. It's re- something really powerful about that. In the same way as we've talked about Equus a million times, it's that psychological kind of thriller and I just thought really yeah really cool but this actually the play um, do you know who Martin Shaw is the actor I probably would recognise him but I can't yeah. can't place him um, my mum has a crush on him he played Inspector George <laughs> in the TV show Inspector <laughs> George um, but he actually uh, in Birmingham he um, he was in Gaslight um, in November, October. Oh, no way. Um, yeah, it was only like a tenner a ticket. So I took Shan to go see that because, you know, that's my idea of a romantic date. Is, <laughs> Dude, this is what's going to happen to you off. if you pee me off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's interesting to hear the fact that, yeah, that, that term has that's been around a long time. This is, what, 94, 93. Um, yeah. It's like, yeah. the play I, is from the 40s. Yeah, the play is old. I just didn't realise that the term was kind of like so prevalent. I, I feel like perhaps way more more in America than here. Um, I think it's a term that we've adopted from from American English because I, 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 I could be wrong there. Could be completely wrong. I just feel like I have not I had not heard it before at all until like five or ten years ago, and then it just started like with Trump and everyone. It started to become a real kind of dog whistle term in in politics. But next scene, we're back in Fraser's apartment. What card game are Niles and Martin playing? I don't have any idea what it is. Is it bridge? Is it is it? It can't be cribbage because that's actually, like a board. I, I don't know this. Uh, I have a script. 
cooked in front of me as we're doing this. Okay. Uh, oh, I, I, sorry, I was just going to say, I should say, I, I, the KACL 780 transcripts, as incredible as they are as a resource, and we use them all the time, I have had people write into the show to say they can sometimes be like erroneous and not always fully trustworthy. I am going to err on the side of caution and say we're going to keep using them because they're the best resource we have for quotes. But just know that sometimes we might read something from them and uh, it might not be true. But go ahead and read what it says on the uh, about the car game. Well, that's a way to put the fear of God into it. <laughs> <laughs> the saying could be completely wrong, mate. I'm going to let you do it, but you could be wrong. Okay, well, full disclosure, KACL 780 says... <laughs> They are playing Canasta. Canasta. That, I mean, I've got no reason to dispute that. That could be... Unless some massive card game aficionado is listening, like, right, that's wrong. KSCL is a sham. I'm, I'm shutting this podcast down. Um, I, yeah, I mean, we're going to keep using them. They're a great resource. But I've never I've never heard, really, of, of Canasta. It rings a bell a little bit, but... I've heard of it, but I don't know anything about it. Like, no. I don't know the rules or anything like that. I've been meaning to learn a few more card games, particularly during lockdown, because they're just like... They're a great little, you know, two, three-player game. Uh, that's why I kind of forced my mom to learn chess, um, which we haven't actually played for a few, for about a week now, I think. I think the uh, honeymoon period is... Actually, she, she's beat me once, actually, and she'd <laughs> never played before up until that week. So I genuinely had a real-life Frasier moment. I can't remember if I said this on the previous podcast, but uh, absolutely terrifying to me. But um, anyway, they're playing Canasta. But uh, Niles makes a reference at this point when they're playing cards to a little blind cobbler in Seville who has, uh, who's made his shoes. This is not the first time he mentions a European cobbler making shoes for him. Can you remember the other time he says this? This isn't a quiz question either because I'm trying to remember it myself. I only know the vague kind of moment he does it in, a, in, a, in another episode but I wondered if I'm, you might know. No, I mean, I actually, Seville was going to be one of my quiz questions. before. Oh, I was well, where to... was the blind cobbler from? Yeah. Um... I can't remember what episode it is but he he talks about how there's a, there's a, a cobbler in Italy and whenever he finishes a pair of shoes, it's a massive event and they like sound a bell in the village and then Fraser comes in sees the shoes and he's like oh do I hear something bells as in like a joke as in he knows about this ridiculously niche cobbler thing so I mean I am does that ring a bell? Vaguely yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, can't I can't remember what episode it is it's a great moment but just thought, just thought it was interesting a little throwaway moment that we have you know that's not the first time cobblers European cobblers come up which I think summarises just how ridiculously niche the writing in this show is sometimes in just such a beautiful way another huge huge thing and don't worry i'm not going to go and wax lyrical about it but it's raining in this episode i love the fact it's raining the whole setup of this kind of eight minutes this episode they're just moving around the apartment while it rains and it's so nice i think it just really works and on facebook on fraser fan club recently i was trying i can't remember who with to list or remember as many episodes as i could where it rains and uh, I, i didn't get very far and i completely forgot about this one for example so really nice um especially the fact that Fraser's playing piano and I've just kind of made a quick note I've been playing a lot of piano again in lockdown because it's a great time to kind of get back on the horse and try to learn some new pieces and I completely kind of it re- this whole scene resonated with me immensely because I'm a slow learner when it comes to piano and so I have to kind of keep repeating short phrases over and over again and that is exactly what he's doing here and obviously I have the beauty of putting headphones in so I'm not annoying the hell out of everyone but uh yeah I love the fact he's kind of on 
the piano at this point. Interesting. I mean, I know, I think you've mentioned before, whether you, you weren't sure if perhaps the title card, the, the original, you know, the very start of the episode, mm-hmm. um, if there are any specific title cards for raining. Mm. Um, I'm guessing there's not because I just... No, like... there, there is a stormy one and we've talked about that stormy one appears some episodes and then there is rain. But for yeah, some but reason, I feel like in season episode. one, yeah, in season one, I don't, maybe they haven't fully got the idea that they're going to do that yet or that they're going to... I'm, I'm trying to think of like, maybe they had like a bank or a library of animations at this point and they added to it as the show went on. I, I don't, I feel like at this point they wouldn't have like 30 something animations to put, choose from. I don't know why I think that. Could be completely wrong. But yeah, if that is the case it does shoot the theory all to hell that uh, they use the raining animation when it does rain but uh, but yeah um i love great daphne line here you're not getting me into that vietnam i just think this is such a reference that i just don't expect her to make and i think that's why it's funny yeah, it is it's just it's very <laughs> random just for it's a very it's a weird it's that's a very american line i feel for it is yeah like i feel English like she's not been there part. long enough to be able to kind of you know throw in a zinger that well I mean, it is a yeah. great zinger as well it's uh, just we know how long daphne has been in america for oh, that's a really just, good question actually i was thinking don't do it uh, this I state. don't think so. I, maybe she mentioned in the first episode. We know she has Uncle Jackie in San Francisco, so she has family there anyway. Um, I don't know. A really good question, actually. If anyone listening ever find you know has has clocked an answer there that we've missed, please please let us know because I think that's a, that's a really interesting point. Great interaction with her and Niles at this point as well. When he when she talks about you know the three things um, uh, that you never you. answer truthfully. <laughs> Was that good for you too? And he's just. I'm sorry, I was somewhere else. It was a warm and warm friendly and place. Friendly place. I, love, <laughs> I love the delivery of the second part of that line. Just the way he looks at Frasier. Just, oh, it's beautiful. It's it just weird, weirdly phrased as well. It was a warm and friendly <laughs> place. I just, I don't, it's not what you expect him to say at all. And again, it's just like, yeah, it's just classic David Hyde Pierce. The, the Especially yeah. Daphne is lying about whether sex was good for her. And he's like, <laughs> yes, I'll be happy with that. <laughs> just reminds me of uh, previous episode with a necklace slot. Can you see them? Oh, yes, please. Thank you. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> um, okay, we've arrived at the point in the review where I'm going to start talking bladders. Can you still get through the night without having to get up and go to the John? Martin asks Fraser. Can you, Key? Can you go through the night without getting up to the loo? I, I don't wake up in the middle of the night. Really? You sleep through? I don't sleep through the night, but I don't go to the toilet or anything. I, I, oh, wake, okay. Up, okay. I wake up numerous times, but just like to roll over, you know, maybe like my pillow a few times if I can't sleep, and then try and drift never- off. Again ever go oh, i don't get up to go i don't can't, i genuinely cannot remember the last time i woke up to go to the toilet that is absolutely insane to me maybe oh. once or twice a year maybe that I do. oh my I, well, I i'm almost certain i've discussed this but before so i'm not gonna go crazy about my bladder again but i have a very small i, it's not, I have a small bladder <laughs> and I, <laughs> that was <laughs> such a poor <laughs> <laughs> no, but you, you started that with i'm not gonna go into detail but it's like a pee a pee shite <laughs> Oh my god, I'm crying. Okay. I have a very small bladder and also I think just very overactive or just incredibly efficient kidneys. Any fluid, man, it's like instant bam, I need to wee out and it's just a it's a nightmare. It's not it's not a good thing. But I I have got up in the night to go for a wee for as long as I can remember. I like I all the early, early 
teens, even even before then. I I would say I'm like you, the opposite in that I can remember probably probably like five times a year where I don't get up. I wake up pretty much at the same time every night, which is normally around three in the morning. Quick way back into bed, back to sleep. Bam, that's it. You know, get my, you get like my eight hours back to sleep again. I feel like that would wake you up. And yeah, be... instantly actually, and you kind of have to keep your eyes half closed and, and feel your way to the toilet so you save the sleep. Just <laughs> I like feel like... nuts. And hope that you <laughs> I feel like, I feel like <laughs> if you open your eyes, you lose the sleep you've stored up, and you like you have to start all over again. Um, so I'm like it's a child. So you know. glad we don't share a bathroom. Mate. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds terrifying. Just, yeah, so you don't go in the morning and realise I had my eyes fully closed and I've completely missed the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. oh God! That's kill me. I got okay. Um, but yeah, so I had to ask. I had to dwell on the whole bladder situation. But um, last episode, we move on now after the bladder talk. We move on to the to the department store. Last episode, we saw Fraser in a furniture shop. We now see him in another in another store, though admittedly it's more to his usual taste. So we're starting to see the 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 boat get pushed out a little bit in terms of new scenes, new settings for Fraser. And I'd, obviously, I'm, I'm not going to jump ahead. But next week we have you know a major shift in that in that regard when it comes to uh shifting settings around um but yeah like just this episode it's focused on clothing in particular as a kind of a way of staving off the midlife crisis a little bit stresses how much fraser wears a suit i mean i think i've asked you this or we've talked about it before i mean do you enjoy wearing a suit but would you want to wear one as often as fraser does and presumably you have to dress smart for work do you have to wear a full-on suit yes i, I have to wear a full-on suit for work yeah wow okay and do you um, like that or would you rather be able to cash it up a little bit i don't mind it i feel like it's hot in the summer i wouldn't want to you can swap um, it out for like a white linen suit <laughs> yeah let's go just go, go full on island niles <laughs> yeah um like we're, we're actually we're given the option like work if we're it's just like if you're not meeting with like a client or anything you're allowed to not wear a tie okay However, i don't like that i feel if you're a bloke you're wearing a suit but you're not wearing a tie you look like a game show host right that's a very um, good point very i good can't point. i don't have that look so i just wear a tie anyway you just don't look like you could handle the prices right on your own <laughs> so. oh, i can't i, I don't <laughs> You gotta keep the tie on. <laughs> yeah, I don't have that conflict cachet about me. <laughs> I'm, I'm um, kind of jealous in many ways. I really enjoy wearing a suit and probably get to do it twice a year, if that. So, um, you know, I mean, presumably in a year, in a year and a half time, I'm going to be going to a lot of job interviews. So I'm going to get to crack it out then. But <laughs> um, yeah, like, I, but I guess the fact that you wear it every day, the novelty would soon wear off. I feel like I, I mean, put it on for one session and I feel like, oh man, I'm like Don Draper from Mad Men. I wear it every day and I'm like, oh man, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm a game show host. <laughs> I, 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 as soon as I get home after work, actually, or or did before lockdown. First thing I do is take off my yeah. something else. I change outfit. Oh, just, I, res- I respect that. You got to you got to separate work and home. Yeah, and I, I think although in, in, I quite like wearing a suit from work because it just sort of feels a bit like work mode. Whereas I feel like if I was yeah, just yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I feel jeans and all this. I, I don't know. I wouldn't feel the same. Yeah, but it gives me sort of a bit of a confidence boost just because I feel like I'm actually. I don't know. Yeah, I, I completely, I completely agree. I think they, I think it does give you a massive confidence boost. I think it's, uh, it's a bit like I think. It's compared for la- what lingerie is for women suits are for men and i think in many ways uh not to go you know super kind of black and 
quite on gender terms there, but you know, it, I think I think there's a, there's a lot to that. I think it's uh, a good suit. You know, could go a long way. On on the subject of clothing, expensive clothing, we have a great line we already mentioned. Are those Armani shirts expensive? Just a really smug line from Fraser, but also just really funny as well. One I one I always really kind of get a kick out of. But then he goes to the the dressing room with with Carrie after she's kind of sold him on all these things he should wear, including a, a multicolored jumper, which absolutely would not look good on him, despite what she says. Um, the the dressing room is really weird here. Like it's it's basically on the shop floor. <laughs> you can see like the top half of people. He can look over. The... Yeah, I, I, <laughs> he I, can I, see is it. this purely so that they could enable the discussion, the dialogue between him and Carrie? Like, is it just a stupid set design choice so that they can have that moment? There's no way that store would genuinely have like bat wing doors, and that's it. You know, you you even got to see through the bat wings. Like, I just I don't know what you kind of made of this. I, I definitely feel it is just sort of a device to let the scene carry on. But yeah, it, for me, I feel this is a set design that gets used a lot. I feel is this the same? Just um, oh, what was her name? The, the daughter in Merry Christmas, Mrs. Moscow. Uh, Faye. I, feel he, I feel he meets Faye or Faye's mum actually I think he might meet her first yeah. at, at the, is it the same department store it's similar it's kind of like it's really hard to explain but if you imagine like where the camera is in this episode looking up towards the entrance where they come in um, oh. and then the rows are almost like going vertically up towards them in the sea, in the Merry Christmas Miss Moskowitz shop it's like it's been rotated 90 degrees and everything's kind of going you know lengthways or rather widthways across the room if that makes any sense whatsoever but it very well could be the same room. They've just kind of flipped things around because they haven't got like an infinite number of department store rooms they can use, which is what I'm suggesting. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it very well could be. Well, a line here just, you know, if he is this the setup to the joke when he says, lately I've been leaning more towards Jung? Is that a fact? And then he uses that as a, as a, as a punchline for the joke. Or is that set up for, and part of the joke because Frasier isn't Jungian at all. He's completely Freudian. And like, you know, we have later in literally in two episodes time when, no, or it might be three episodes time when Niles is covering for him. He says, you know, whilst Frasier is a Freudian, I'm a Jungian. So there'll be no blaming mother today. It's a great line. So he's definitely not Jungian. So why does he say this? What do you think? Do you think it's all part of the joke? Yeah, I think it's all part of him trying to flirt with her. Um... If that's the case, that is some seriously niche flirt. (laughs) (laughs) It's like honestly, if I was a psychiatrist, I'd be bu- I'd be busting out that line. People <laughs> be knocking me, going, "Who's young?" Like, I don't care. I'm younger. Oh, <laughs> it's either that or um, Niles Crane, hung specialist. <laughs> 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 then when we're back at KSCL after this, we have a reference to Ken Griffey Jr. Now. You know what that reminds you of. That's, and that's, it is. It's uh, Homer at the Bat. This Homer at the Bat. I cannot hear any of their names without thinking of that episode. What a phenomenal episode of television that is. It's, it's amazing, isn't it? I don't it want to, is. We're going off on a tangent, but God, it's such a good episode. Like, we just really got on a tangent. We yeah. recently discussed on Twitter, actually. Uh, and also, we should. I'm going to, at the end, I'm going to give out our Twitter names if people want to come and, and see us and chat to us, if, if you're comfortable with that, Kay. Oh, yeah, but um, we, we were talking about Ferris uh, Simpsons episode actually and, and that one was probably on both our lists it's such a good one bulldog's rugby shirt he's wearing at this point as well he wears this quite a lot in the early seasons and i'm a huge fan even though the colors seem nuts it's like green with
with a purple stripe going around the waist. Then it's got a bit of gold on it. But I'm, I, I've genuinely, if I could find this in like a vintage shop, I'd buy it in a heartbeat. I don't know what it is. I think it's just the fact that it's iconic to him. But yeah, I mean, did you notice what he was wearing, or are you kind of just I only now seeing it? You did. Yeah, no, because I feel it's such a nineties top. Like it that is, yeah. Something like the nineties. Everyone the was wearing like big stripes and, and that sort of thing. Massively. Um, so I mean, that jumper she picks out for Frasier, it's like just giant rainbow block colours, and you know, I I don't think even now that jumper would. It'd take a lot to pull that off. I think she uh, <laughs> she's going for the hard sell at this point. So then Carrie comes around. Um, she comes back to deliver his pants to KSCL. We have this moment, you know, Frasier kind of, there's the moment between them and she kind of asks him out for coffee and he realises, you know, there's a big age gap between us. Just great line when she says, you know, how old are you? And he just goes, that's not polite. <laughs> just like falls away from her. What do you think of Ka- Carrie? Yeah, it is Carrie, isn't it? What do you it think of Carrie. her acting in this episode? I, I, don't, she... want, I don't really mean, because I, I think it's a little bit iffy and I feel feel like I may have, I could be making it up, I feel like I may have seen others corroborate that online before. But I don't know, I just feel like it's a little bit iffy. I, mean, I don't mind, I, mean, I think she comes across as quite a, dis- she's another one I think we've got quite a distinctive, which reminds me a bit of uh, Zoe Deschanel, actually, in just in terms yeah, of her voice. Yeah. Quite, she's quite like wide-eyed and like, yeah, in, but... in kind of her, her outlook, not literally. But yeah, she's got kind of like a wide-eyed, childish, but endearing kind of view on the world. Interestingly now, I think she's a singer, because I've just Googled her while we're talking. Wow, okay. And I'm just getting music videos. So um yeah. There you um, go. I don't I don't mind I mean it's not say she's you know, she doesn't wouldn't sit up and think, wow, this this was an amazing actress, but mm. it's fine for me. Like, yeah, she I doesn't didn't... she doesn't really have a, a hell of a lot to go on. So I'm I, probably I think being a bit harsh. Character's a little bit creepy that she's come to his work. That is a little bit nuts. Something that probably doesn't get dwelt on actually. I I'm, I'm people probably agree now, maybe they didn't in the nineties. A lot of kind of sexual mores as they are, sexual mores have changed a lot since then. I am with Frasier in that he is being ethical here. She is too young for him. I'm not like a big believer in gatekeeping relationships and like, oh, you know, you know, if you if you love someone, you love them, whatever. But like, I do think the 19 years is very apparent in this and it's a, it would be a bit weird. Like, it always comes up online how Jerry Seinfeld in real life when he was 35 was dating, she was either 17 or 18 years old. Um, she was a student and he used to drop her off at school um, or it might be college and it's kind of famous now because he gets ragged about it all the time it's like a bit of a meme but you know it's the same vibe here and it's just like you know it, that's almost almost exactly the same if not identical age difference as well so yeah it's I think Fraser's right here for me I don't think it would have worked at all just because like it's they're very different people aren't they yeah, and it's just, it's such an age difference that mm. she's he's 20 like in many ways if they're I could understand it more if you know he was 30 and he was 49 just because she's a bit older and, and you know a bit more life experience but I think a 22 year old and a, and a 41 year old it, as age gaps go I think it's a particularly it's a big age gap if you get what I mean compared to maybe a 19 year age gap at a different stage in your life no I completely agree um, when one, when someone is young the age gap is always amplified like massively so once everyone's beyond kind of 30 and uh, I think you're kind of home free you know I can't remember who I saw recently 
it was uh, I think it was Don McLean. Um, I recently learned uh, Vincent on the piano. Actually, so I've been listening to a lot of Don McLean. He is like eighty something now, and his his wife is I think twenty something. And I'm just like, you know what, Don? Fair play, and also, <laughs> but also not fair play because it is a bit, you know, you know. But they, you know, I'm, I'm saying Fraser's wrong here, and he's like literally half the age of Don McLean. But the girl hasn't changed at all. So you know, it's it really it depends on what side of the argument you fall on here. I'd be interested to see what others thought. Sounds really bad, but I am of the same sort of view that Roz is in this episode where I know Fraser asks her, what do you think if you see a young girl with a really old guy? Yeah. And she thinks, oh, I wonder how much money he's got. Like, that oh, is yeah, of... I'm the same, and I hate to uh, say that because it sounds really bad. judgmental, but I think that's pretty common. Yeah. yeah um, so, one it's... other thing I will just point out, I really like this. What I do like from Carrie in this episode is the way she calls out Bulldog and goes, he gay. Like, <laughs> yeah, and I love the kind of meta to that because we've talked about Dan Butler, obviously. So there is a kind of, there's a nice little thing there, I think, a little bit of a meta drama going on. So it's a great line. Um, I'm going to play a klaxon in post-production for this, but we have the bookshelf seat in Nervosa. When it cuts to Cafe Nervosa, the coffee count for this week is two so we're up to 25 now but Fraser is actually getting a book down i don't know if you notice this he actually gets a book from the shelf and then niles sits down he obviously doesn't read it and then when he finishes his conversation with niles he puts the book back i cannot think of a comp- another episode where that happens and i just it is a stupid insignificant tiny detail but i loved it because i love the bookshelf seat we talked about nervosa before and i just love the fact they're interacting with the set it was just a nice little tiny human touch did you notice he got a book there Genuinely didn't even notice stuff. Wow, it's like a tiny old dusty hardback, you, you know, one of those ones that's lost its dust jacket, so you, you can't really tell what it is. But yeah, I, I get the impression he probably wasn't ever going to read it. He was just distracting himself from his uh, existential crisis. But um, I've done that. I've been to a pub where they have books. Um, yeah. And I was with a load of people I didn't particularly want to talk to. So I just got <laughs> this. It was like a book about law from 50 years ago, and I just Taught sat there law. pretending <laughs> to read it. Like, just like, mm, yeah. I'm actually, I've actually got very similar stories a pub quiz I used to go to near me. I'm not going to say where because it might give me away if ever if ever this ever gets out. But um, they they had in a, in a kind of fireplace next to where we used to sit to do our quiz, uh, just a massive pile of old books that were just like mouldering and covered in dust and they were just there to presumably block up the the fireplace and there was actually some really good books there and there was a hard cover really nice edition hardcover of the mansion by william faulkner faulkner's a really great writer like early american 20th century i'm a huge fan i was like you know what i'm not gonna let it sit there i'm gonna take this baby with me and i just you know i, I like to think i rescued that book rather than installing rescued it. stole like, <laughs> honestly they were covered in like bin soot so they were absolutely not there to be read or even sold so i feel like like I did a good deed. Um, but yes, yeah, so we have the they have the bookshelf seat. We have my you just got burned pick, which is You are 41 and obviously not wearing a toupee. <laughs> That's one of the good things to look forward to in season three. We Fraser hair, Fraser's hair gets sorted out. <laughs> it does, yeah. It does because it is absolutely ridiculous in the early seasons. Um, I, I once knew someone who had hair a little bit like Fraser's, and when he went to the barbers, he would say that he was going to get, I think, the rug sorted out or the rug trimmed. Oh wow! And did he go to Timo, his personal stylist? I think he did. <laughs> <laughs> it always reminds me of Fraser now. Whenever I see his hair, I always think of the rug. <laughs> so amazing delivery from Niles here about his aria. His wine and his meal he would have on a desert island. The Kulubiak of salmon at Gisavoy, Visadarte from Tosca, and the Cotteron Chateauneuf de Pop 47. 
I was going to write that down as one of my, my trivia questions. That would have been tired. so hard. I, think, I'm, I, can't, I don't even know how to spell it. I haven't got a clue. So. I know the wine bottle is like Chateau Neuf de Pape or something because it's like one of those yeah. classic vineyards. But um, yeah. I, I love these kinds of like social, I don't know what you call it, social games. Like I've been listening to Desert Island Discs loads again recently when I've been out running. And it's just like, you know, there's something really nice about listening to people what they would pick in these kind of scenarios though i'll be honest i don't i don't really know what an aria is i think it's just like a, a piece of op- i want to say operatic music i know it's sung i think but yeah i mean do you do you know more specifically what an aria is do you say to me an aria i do think opera however yeah asia's first answer was I'm your Venus. Now, am I not right thinking that's a banana arm or something? I think it is. I think he's just yeah. taking I know the he's mic. Not take, yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I think but that's, yeah, it could just be any song. Like, I don't know. Maybe it doesn't have to be classical or anything. It could just be, I mean, you know what? Let's just let's just Google this. Let's just show our unprofessionalism. <laughs> just Google it. Aria. This is definition. how uh, unprepared we are for it. Okay. Sorry. It says it's a long accompanied song for a solo voice, typically one in an opera or oratorio. And also, there's a picture of a zebra and a pepper pizza underneath the definition i've got absolutely no idea what the uh what the relationship there oh is my God. but um but there the you pizza go looks good though the pizza uh... does look really good actually if people want to go check this out i genuinely think Nas's advice is i think it's really good advice just the way that he says you've got to make a decision don't think about how other people view you and their thoughts and you do it what you think is the right thing to do mm. you know um, oh, i do yeah like he says you know there's only one way to find out like do it you know, I think that's just good advice to live your life by. I, I completely agree, and I think that's what Fraser wants to hear. And as always, Niles he does this on so many instances when Fraser goes to him for advice, and vice versa. Usually, they just they just want to sound off their own projections onto the other, and they will come to their own conclusions. Really, they're just kind of eased there by the other, and that's why their relationship is so good. I think. Um, but yeah, no, I think I think it's really good advice. And I think as well, we get a throwback a few episodes ago. I think he, he says, um, you know, what would you do? Nars goes, oh, it doesn't matter what I'd do. Which is <laughs> yeah. I mean, like a few weeks ago, he's like, you already know what you think. You don't need me to tell you and all this. And you had that really yeah. good like, joke. Oh, stop it, Nars. <laughs> yeah, no, I really like this thing. I think it's really, really strong. No, it's absolutely great. Um, okay, so we kind of have the last interaction between Fraser and Carrie happens back at the, the department store. The way she hugs him and she's like oh you know you're you're being so sweet right now that's such an attractive quality and then she like reaches it's like in slow-mo she seems to lean and reach across that two meter space and hug him it's really awkward to watch and then the hug is like is this funny or is it sad or is it sentimental what are we meant to feel and Fraser's a bit confused and the laugh track's a bit confused and I don't know it's just a really awkward ending to what has been a really good episode I think but um, that was one of the reasons I kind of thought about you know is she is she on the same page as the rest of them when it comes to acting or not I don't know for me the vibe I got from watching it wanted him to like chase her a little bit more like yeah was like you know maybe he could kind of push the envelope a little bit more and think you know what i've come back down here she did like me originally maybe let's go for it kind of thing i feel like i don't know much as she's saying oh you know you're, you're being honest that's really attractive that's great I don't know. I always just the way that hug is is shown for me. I don't know. It always felt a bit like maybe she wanted him to argue back and and you know maybe to see if things could go forward. I don't, I don't know. Um, no, I I completely I completely right. agree. I think it would have been um, nice to see uh, the chase a bit. More. You're right. It is. A, it's the hug feels a bit out of sync of what she is saying. Yeah, I think so. She's not quite finished talking before she reaches over, and I think that's where the the awkwardness comes in. And that's just like a you know a, a, a script directive kind of thing. But um. 
But I think that's maybe what gives the seed a bit of a, a bit of an uncanny vibe. I'd be interested to see anyone listening if they uh, if they thought the same. But I mean, that is kind of the end of the this section of the review. I mean, any any kind of final thoughts we haven't mentioned, Key? Um, I did want to talk about the title, Forty Something. Is this a reference? Do you know? Or Off the top of my head, I just think of Forty Something as like midlife. Yeah, I don't yeah, know if, there was, don't a, know if there was a film or something. I've Googled 40-something. There was a British comedy in 2003, so obviously way after, nearly 10 years after this episode, with Hugh Laurie in. No Ooh, that looks good, mate. Um, like Hugh, <laughs> Hugh Laurie, Benedict Cumberbatch, actually. It's got Ooh. a pretty uh, pretty massive cast. That actually does look, that actually looks really good. <laughs> so <laughs> something good's come out of this. But yeah, I, I think it's just I think it's just another another example of a title that's kind of just playing on, a, on an idiom or saying or anything like that. I need to ask you, as always, from now on do you think kennedy burling would have enjoyed this episode Kay? well i think kennedy burling would have liked this episode i think he i think this episode because we've got some absolute crackers coming up one of those that kennedy would say it's, it's easy to like want to sort of like jump ahead or, or you know to compare it with the say the next two three four weeks but i think if this episode had been like episode six or seven i think mm. we'd be giving it raves i i completely agree i think it's a really strong episode and i thank you for ventriloquizing kennedy burling yeah. no further explanations needed there is this in your top 10 key is not my top 10 it's not in my top 10 either though we we've definitely agreed if this was early on in the season we'd be we'd be lauding it it's a fantastic episode episode before we jump into listener mail there's only one thing left to do whose crane is it anyway and ben? this week key your quote is simply the word 10 the word 10 oh god i feel yeah. like you're gonna get this because i feel yeah. every week like you're gonna get it so i never get the whose crane oh, is i don't anyway. know you're better than you think you are key and you've had a pretty good trivia corner this week so you're probably buoyed by the confidence of that 10. Don't you, so usually i, I like i do my, my talk in my thought process now um, you're just kind of like man i really need to sit back and think and now at 10 that could be anyone That's... it could be it's it's in a it's in a very specific context if that gives you any help it's in a very it's not just a throwaway line the 10 is important in the context of the of when it is said maybe martin said to fraser like maybe you're, you are you getting up to pee 10 times a night or something okay yeah um he also have not said that and he very well could have though see now i know he didn't because i know <laughs> okay i know this well honestly man, i'm double bluffing you here you have you have no idea what i'm thinking oh god um 10 10 10 10 don't make me start counting down from 10k <laughs> we're already over an hour this week and i think <laughs> no. that's going to become the uh yeah. the regular from this week on from um, this point onwards i don't know so i'm just gonna guess fraser okay it's Niles, and it's when they're scoring with him and martin playing cards when they're playing canasta or whatever it's oh, called oh yes Noel says 10 and i think martin says 15 or something or possibly a different number this is because i don't know how to play canasta this is <laughs> likewise but i mean there's a few times numbers come up in this episode obviously with age and stuff like that so and i thought it might be might be a good question but it was it was particularly hard case so please forgive me for that is there any other kind of closing remarks you've got before we go to listener mail i think kennedy burling said it all i think he did i think he summarized <laughs> it very well um so let's hop over to listener mail 
Um, so this week, obviously, Cal sent in some questions. Um, she actually put a little paragraph before as well, um, actually explaining how to say her name, which I'll read out. But hey, guys, another lovely episode. Thanks for using my questions, for knocking them out of the park. That's all on you, Key. Um, I will try to make them progressively more tough. If you choose to have any, any questions next week, my name is Kalani, and I am female. That's where she corrected me. Cal works too. Really just excited to hear you guys answer my questions. So thanks again for making the show so interactive with your listeners. So I wanted to get... And then, yeah, then I'm just reading the final bit where she was talking about the uh, the booth and, and audio and stuff like that. But really, yeah, great questions from Kalani. And we should be thanking you for sending the questions in. Um, you know, it is really not hard for us to put out a call for people to send trivia and stuff in. So really nice that people do that cam winston uh has had some things to say he put idea for a segment what about judging on who displayed the best acting skills during each episode for example if we go back to the show where lilith comes back bb new is amazing and would quote win that episode which i, re- I really like that idea actually and it's probably this week. Kind of, you're gonna go with Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> controversial okay i'm not sure i'll have to, I'll have to veto that a little bit um that's a really good one i think for this week i would probably go with frazier because this is a very i know every episode so it's kind of Fraser centric, but this is all about him wrestling with his uh his anxieties and stuff. If we go back a few more weeks, Kennedy Burling, of course, would get would have won the episode. My dean, my mentor, Mr. Fletcher Gray. <laughs> so he would, of course, would. That's a good segment, Kia. Would you like the sound yeah. of that? Yeah, I really like. That. I mean, for this week, in all seriousness, I think it had to. It would have to be either Fraser or possibly maybe Niles. But it's such a Fraser episode. I think other than him and Carrie, and obviously Carrie, we've we've already discussed. I think. Nobody else really has that much time on screen that they can really, mm. I think, make a solid shout for the no weakness. Like, whereas last week, it would definitely have been John Mahoney. Yes. Yes. For that, that monologue. That monologue um, could win any episode, any day of the week. I Obviously, mean, I'm always, I, everyone knows I love David Hyde Pierce. I just, <laughs> I love the way his little bit about Stanley Barrister and his little bit about the, <laughs> and the fact that he could even deliver that line about the aria. And that the, was, yeah, that is phenomenal. Yeah, if you're saying Frasier, I'll say Niles just to be different. Excellent. I like that. No, I like that. So if, if I mean, there's too many things I'm keeping track of the coffee, the title animations. But if we could kind of maybe keep some scoreboard going by the time we end, we'll be able to know who won, quote, the most episodes, which I think would be, oh, that'll be my job. I don't have any jobs. Excellent. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to start job. offloading some of these to you. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you do that. Mischief Knight uh, has got Corey, has got back to us with his questions, obviously. And he put, sorry for vanishing last week. Holiday over here in the States and lost track of time. Absolutely. Do not need to apologize for that Corey uh, and he put another wonderful episode gents and for his book because we talked about last week um, books that blew our socks off and we wanted some people to respond to that he put a book called Tough Voyaging though it's hard to find a short story collection from George R.R. R. Martin who obviously wrote Song of Ice and Fire takes place in a sci-fi world with a pretty interesting character the one story that knocked my mental socks off was Guardians about how the inability to communicate can cause global destruction and he says there's an audio recording on YouTube as well so that's Tough Voyaging and the story Guardian. So great to hear from you, as always, Corey. Someone called Reclia77. I'm not going to read their response out, actually, because um, it was more of a, just a general question. But they were actually, they're watching Frasier for the first time, and they're on season three, and they were they don't want any spoilers, basically. They know about Niles and Daphne, but they don't know beyond that. And they just were checking in if we do spoilers. And I did say, unfortunately, we do assume everyone listening has watched Frasier through at least once, because 99% of our listeners have, I think. Um so always really sad to lose someone who could probably, you know, have tuned in otherwise. But um, 
yeah, I don't want to end up ruining the show for someone. <laughs> I'm sure you don't either. Hopefully, uh, in a few years or months or whenever they finish watching, they can come back. And, yeah, and then... I said that. Yeah, they won't have to wait on a weekly then because I often do that. I will go away for months at a time, and then so I don't have to wait each week for a podcast and I can listen to it <laughs> at my leisure. So, yeah. although I'm not advocating that for anyone else, tune in on the week. <laughs> um, absolutely. Um, I think that might be everything actually for listen them out this week so thank you everyone so much who sent the questions in everyone who posted a comment great to hear from you um hopefully hear from you next week as well anything anything to add key um just one thing i will add is that i've just had a look at on kindle for tough voyaging and i would i will get i would add it to my to read list and give excellent myself. there you go Corey. well played that's uh, i would do the same if i didn't have a literal mountain of books on my desk that needs reading that i am currently using as an armrest while i talk so i can't even digitally i don't think i can afford to put more books on that list but i'll try and get to it eventually um next week we'll be looking at season one episode 21 travels with martin so excited for that episode because it has a winnebago in and they go on a road trip i won't say anymore obviously most of you listening will be familiar with the episode but yeah other than that i've been will thank you and thank you very much for listening to we're listening hey baby i hear the blues are calling tossed salads and scrambled eggs Mercy. and maybe i seem a bit confused well maybe but I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scraps.